Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Think of all the gifts that God has given you. Are there some that you may have grown complacent about? In today's message, Pastor Jim teaches about Isaac as he reached his old age and how he began to be complacent about the family God had given him. The next time you start to become complacent or start to wonder why you don't feel blessed, take some time to remember the things that God has given you in the past so that you can have hope for the blessings yet to come. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Genesis chapter 27 as he begins his message, Sinners in the Hand of a Gracious God. This is a series that we've entitled God's Perfect Work with Imperfect People. God's Perfect Work with Imperfect People. It will probably seem pretty obvious to you what we mean by that. Uh, when people are new to the Bible, like most books, they go to the beginning of the Bible and they start to read it and they start to read the book of Genesis. And the first you know, 11 chapters are a little confusing and then all of a sudden you get into the characters of the Bible and you're like, what in the world am I reading? what is going on, and you're pretty shocked at some of the things that you read, but I think it, as you go along, it hopefully it will help you understand uh, that we are all sinners, okay? If you don't think that you are, stop lying to yourself, you're a sinner. And also it helps us to see the grace of God. We're gonna look at a guy who uh, basically did his Ancestry.com thing, and realize that he was in the family line of Jesus, that Jesus will come much many centuries later after him, and he cheats, deceives, and lies to his dying blind father. Nice guy, right? Really nice guy. And the whole family is messed up. And God seems to be on vacation in this chapter. He's sort of nowhere to be found, uh, yet even in their deception, they cannot stop God's plan. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, first off, let me stop right here and say to you, if you are not, we're so glad that you're here with us tonight and or watching us online or listening to us on the radio. And uh, I hope you'll really get at least uh, you know, a chuckle out of some of the things that happens tonight. Uh, this chapter should give you great confidence that God will complete the work that he began in you. Now, it's a very famous verse from Philippians 1.6. It's really written to a, to a church, but, but it's true for all of us that God begins a work when you put your trust in him, and then he, will, he is faithful to complete it. And, and what you have to really understand is that your sin, while it may have earthly consequences, will not stop God's eternal plan for your life if you have put your trust in Jesus and you belong to him. Now, most Bible scholars would agree that the most gifted theologian that the United States has ever produced is Jonathan Edwards. And Jonathan Edwards lived in New England in the 1700s. And uh, just, just for your information, he was fired by his church after 20 years. So that means I have a year and a half to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his most famous sermon is called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And he was actually kind of a mellow preacher, but that was the name of it, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. I'm gonna stand on Edward's shoulders and I'm gonna tweak the name of his most famous sermon just a little bit. Our sermon is gonna be called Sinners in the Hands of a Gracious God. 
sinners in the hands of a gracious God. A few things before we jump in. Isaac was the son of Abraham, the great father of the Jewish people, the father of the faith. They call him Father Abraham. Uh, and Isaac's wife's name was Rebekah. They had miraculously met, and then they were supposed to have a child that was going to be in the line of the Messiah. And just like his parents, they waited 20 years for it. And then it turns out that they're having twins. So let's go back to chapter 25, verse 23, where it says, And the Lord said to her, said to Rebekah, Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separate, separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. And then there's a very important statement. And the older shall serve the younger. Now that's very unusual. That's not the way it worked. Usually the firstborn got all the privileges and uh, he's going to get the blessings and the, and the inheritance of the firstborn. Now it didn't matter to Esau who was the oldest. We were, we've already seen in our other studies that he despised his birthright. Do you remember what he sold it for? He sold it for a, a, you know, some stew from his brother Jacob. And then we also learned that he married some Hittite wives, which, you, you know, just don't marry a Hittite wife. Not a good idea. And, and so uh, it's not good. Grieved his parents. We'll see why it's important in a moment. So we come to chapter 27 and verse 1 through 4 says, Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered him, Here I am. Then he said, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Remember, he was a man of the field. He was a hunting guy. Jacob, the younger one, more of a guy of the lived in the tent. And make me some savory food, some versions say delicious food, such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul, or so that I, may bless you before I die. So he says, I think I'm on my way out, and all I want is just like you wanted stew, right? I want some of that stew. Just bring, cook it up, go hunt it, fresh meat, bring it in, cook it, and I'm going to bless you. And then if I die, I die, I don't care. So Isaac was basically physically blind, but he's spiritually blind too. And because he forgot that God had said that Jacob would get the blessing of the firstborn. I mean, it seems hard to believe that Rebecca didn't tell her because we know that God, um, you know, appeared to her. Abraham was very particular when it came to who Isaac would marry. He said, you have to marry within the people of God, and his wife, Rebekah, was within one of the people of God, but Esau married what? Hittite women. And so he's not up for the task. He's not going to be part of it, and uh, his wives were not that. So Isaac is old. He says it's time for him to pass the blessing from Abraham on, that he, his father Abraham, on to the next generation. And the blessings of his people in becoming, were what? Becoming a great nation, inheriting the promised land, and from Abraham's seed or from his family line would come the Messiah, who we know is the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, how could Isaac forget what we saw? Chapter 26, verse 24 says, And the Lord appeared to him, appeared to Isaac the same night, and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for or because of my servant Abraham's sake. So sadly, we see in Isaac's life here, 
He's ruled by his own preferences. Uh, Esau was his favorite son. Remember, we saw that, that they, each parent had a favorite son. Not, not a good idea. He was his favorite son. His appetite was for food. He knew God's plan, didn't seem to care. I'm gonna use my favorite son. I'm gonna eat my food. God, your plan, forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it, okay? I got this one. Don't, wor don't you worry about it. Again, hard to believe that Rebecca never told him about, oh, by the way, God appeared to me. Uh, hard to believe that she wouldn't tell him about the blessing. But Isaac has his own plan. Do you ever have your own plan? You know what God's plan was? You had your own plan? Okay, so the rest of you are just liars, right? <laughs> okay, that happens to all of us. Isaac rebels against the word of God. He chooses food over the promises of God. That's how, that's how bad we are, that we can actually choose food over the promises of God. And he follows his feelings. If you're old, you know, whoa, feelings, <laughs> right? So he's going to follow his feelings. And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm studying the Bible, I just hear certain songs that... Uh, come to my mind. Sometimes they're Christian songs. Sometimes they're not exactly Christian songs. But right now, I could just, in the back of my mind when I was studying this, I just, I just hear Frank Sinatra singing, I did it my way. <laughs> and um, I know you're wondering, like, why isn't he in the worship team? Um, but <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> anyway, um, is that you? Are you doing it your way? Have you, do you say to God, listen, I know you got a plan. I know you've got a way you want me to do it, but I'm going to do it my way. If Frank could sing it, I could sing it too. If Pastor Jim could sing it, I could sing it too. One question for you if you're doing it your way, how's it going for you? How's that going? How's that going? Verse 5 says, now Rebecca was listening. Now, interesting, maybe every time Esau went in to talk to her, she's like, I don't trust this guy. I don't trust my own husband. So now Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke to Isaac, his son. Interesting. It says his son. Isn't it both their sons? But, Isaac, but Esau was his favorite, and Esau went into the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Rebecca spoke to Jacob, her son. Wait a minute now. They each have their favorite son, so that's all they consider it to be their only son. Saying, indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau. Uh, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, bring me game and make me savory or delicious food for me that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son. So she says, my son. All right, he's out there. Your father's son's out there hunting, hunting a meal for him. Therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Do what I tell you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice ki kids of the goats, and I will make savory food for them for your father such as he loves. So Esau's out hunting wild game, and she says, go get a goat. I don't know if Esau might not be much of a cook, right? <laughs> but she says, go get it, and I'll make it fast too. Um, just, I, I didn't eat before Tonight I spoke, I don't like to eat on a full stomach. Did you ladies serve any goat tonight? Just curious to kind of keep in with text, with the, uh, with the text, right? And uh, some of them are like, were we supposed to? They look at each other like, no, were we, were we supposed to? Uh, well, if you read ahead, you'd have known. Verse 10, 
Then you shall take it to your father that he may eat it, that he may bless you before his death or before he dies. So he's going to die soon. And if it's not soon enough, maybe the goat will kill him. I don't know what's going to happen with that. So Rebecca heard the whole thing. And sadly, she knew God told her, God appeared to her and said that the older, okay, shall serve the younger. She knew it. But all of a sudden, the promise of God is where? Gone. It's just vaporized. It's, it's not in her mind anymore. And obviously, as some of you already know, God needs her help. God needs her help, right? Like, God, this is not going right. This is not going according to plan. I'm going to help you out. So remember we talked about in a previous study about the other guy always has a shortcut? Yeah, so he's got a shortcut, and that shortcut is going to work. It's not right, but it's going to work. But eventually, that shortcut will absolutely, positively break her heart. And sometimes you might get a a short-term gain on something, but when you go against God's will, you can find it can absolutely break your heart and the hearts of others around you. So what's the problem? Well, from a human point of view, it, it looks like Isaac is about to ruin God's plan. Like God's revealed will. No, Isaac, you're going to bless the wrong guy. So she says to Jacob, we have to fix this fast. Go get some goat and I'll make it taste good. Um, What do you think she did? Like put a lot of ketchup on it? (laughs) No, no, probably some spices or she just knows exactly how how to cook for her husband. Rebecca serves as a great reminder to us that often... Our actions run out ahead of our faith, don't they? Sometimes we, we have faith in something. We believe God is going to do something, but we can't, we're too, we can't wait. And so our actions run out ahead of us. And all I will tell you with that is be very careful when you're doing that. Take a really, really good look at what you're doing. Now, this is sad. You would hope she would just go talk to her husband. I mean, you know, either don't you remember or, you know, I never told you that Jacob's going to get the blessing, not Esau. I overheard you guys talking. Probably shouldn't have been listening, but I was. You think she would say, um, you know, let's just trust the promises that the Lord made to us, honey. I mean, that, 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 that's part of what we're supposed to do when you're married. You're supposed to you know, encourage each other in the Lord. Sometimes when you're married, you have to have enough faith for both of you. That's just the way it works. That's just the way it works. And, and so, sadly, I don't know, to me it seems like maybe they've fallen out of love. They had this great love, and, and they've fallen out of love. Maybe, you know, the kids got in the middle. You know, having kids are such a major disruptor to a marriage, right? That's why when young couples tell me, they're like, we're pregnant, I'm like, go out to eat. <laughs> I'm like... I look at the guy and I'm like, take her to the diner. He's like, we got no money. I get tea and toast. Here's 20 bucks, <laughs> right? Although that's probably what it costs now. Um, but, but, but because even today we see people, you know, getting divorced after years of marriage, the whole world is just so dissatisfied with so many different things uh, right now. And the temptation uh, we just mentioned and we, and we talked about it last week is, is the other guy will always have a shortcut for you. He just always will. If you don't know who the other guy, you know who the other guy is? We'll see his name in a bit. 
but he's always got a he's always got a shortcut for you. And the reasoning is always logical. Not always, but usually logical. You know, hey, listen, things are taking too long. This is not the way it should be for the people of God. A lot of people quit Christianity because they say it's not turning out the way I expected it to. Well, if it just made everybody's life a hundred times easier, now there should be less self-inflicted pain, don't get me wrong. But if it just made everybody's life a lot, a lot easier, then the whole world would sign up just for that. And there'd just be billions and billions of false converts everywhere, not that there aren't anyway, but, but that's not what it, it, it's, it's about. We saw this way back, those of you who are younger don't really remember this, but we saw this way back in the, not way back, but in the 2000-2009 recession. A lot of people had the attitude of, well, I served God, you know, I volunteered at the church, I, I gave money, I read my Bible, I prayed, and I lost my house, I lost my job, I had to declare bankruptcy, this, this is what I get. And to be honest with you, I see a little shades of it happening now, and now it's just the worry phase for a lot of people. But let's remember that God has promised that we are rich people, and maybe not here on earth, but we are going to get a great inheritance. And back then, uh, we were just kind of getting going as a church. Terrible time to start a church, by the way. Um, but we were, we were just getting going, and we saw people take matters into their own hands and just did their own thing, pursued the American gods of wealth and comfort and prosperity, and a lot of people lost their faith. Or if they didn't totally lose it, it was just really, really weakened. And, and I know some that I still, every once in a while, hear from, they still really have never kind of bounced back from that. You know, this is something, you know, the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all ways just as we are. This is something that Satan tried with Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. He takes Jesus up to the top of a mountain. Jesus just, this is thousands, you know, centuries later from where we are here in Genesis, and Jesus is, begins his ministry. Takes, Satan takes him up to the top of the mountain. By the way, he's the other guy with the shortcut. Um, and, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And he says this, Matthew 4, 9, and he said to him, Satan says to Jesus, all these things I will give you if you will fall or bow down and worship me. So what does he say? Hey, there's a shortcut to get everything that you are going to get. You know, you and I both know you're going to get it. But let me give you the shortcut. You can get it right now. But, but what, if he gets it right now, what, is it, what he doesn't have to do? He doesn't have to go to the cross. So you can get it now without the pain, without the pain. You can get it now without the cross. And Jesus is like, um, no. <laughs> right? That's the way we have to be with that stuff. We have to be just like, no, no. And, and, and when you know something's wrong and you make the decision not to do it, don't look back. Don't look back. Re the Bible says, remember Lot's wife. She looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt when she looked, gazed back at the, at, the, at the terrible life of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so we don't, we don't want to look back at that. 2 Timothy 2.5, after Jesus ascended to heaven, says this, and also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned, or not, in other words, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. So we obey the Lord, trusting him to fulfill his promises. And it's simply a matter of faith. It's simply a matter of faith. 
verse 11 through 17. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. So what does he say? Sorry, Mom, uh, I don't think this plan will work. Now, if you look in your Bibles, if you have the, one of the versions I'm using, it's the word skinned is actually in italics, which means it was added by the translators, uh, sometimes to make it easier for us to understand, I think sometimes to confuse us. But at any rate, uh, but he really says, I'm a smooth man. And uh, as we go on in his life, we're going to see he thinks he really is a smooth man, right? And he's not, but he's, he's just, he's a schemer. He's always trying to do stuff, and yet God is going to use his life. Verse 12, perhaps my father will feel me and see, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son. She goes, don't worry, I'll take the blame. You, if you get caught, don't worry about it. And these are grown men. It's not like they're little kids, right? They're grown men. He says, don't worry about it, I'll take the blame. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice or the best clothes uh, of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. I don't know why, but I just have a feeling that Jacob was a, I mean, Esau was a bigger guy, right? So maybe I just have this vision of this guy trying on these clothes and like, where are my hands? Like, you know, Tom Hanks in Big or something like that. And um, she put them on and verse 16 says, and she put the skins of the kids, uh, of the kids of the goats on his hand. So she takes the hair from the goat that she made in the food and she puts it on his hands. Why are you all ladies making faces? You don't want your husband dressing like that? <laughs> and, um, and on the smooth part of his neck, really. Hey, honey, I like it when you rub the back of my neck. I'll take the goat hair off, would you? <laughs> so, the, so the plan is in motion. Then she gave the savory food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So at first, Jacob hesitates to go along with the plan. He's like, Mom, this plan, is just, I, I don't see it happening. Now, we'd like to think it was his conscience. I don't think that's what it is. I think he just thinks this plan won't work. This thing is going to backfire. You know, dad, dad may be blind, but he's not dumb. You know, he, he's going he's gonna to figure this out. But Mommy talks him into it, and she'll even take the blame as long as her favorite son gets the blessing. So she'll do anything she has to do, even deceive her own husband to make sure her favorite son gets the blessing. So this is uh, like the first Halloween in the Bible, uh, okay? So, so no, Halloween's not in the Bible. Okay, so she dresses him up like Esau, right? I have this picture of this guy like dressed up like a wolf man or something like that. And so she's dressed up. So uh, also Jacob gets the blessing from his father. So we see some things about this. Why would he want this blessing? Well, we'll see that it's a father's desire for a prosperous life in every way for his son. The blessing's a little bit different than the inheritance, but, it, but it's a blessed life for his son. Um, it, it's, in essence, having his father say to him, which he should say anyway. Did you hear that, dads? He should say that anyway. 
I see that all that God has for you, giving him, you know, an, an encouragement that Jacob probably never got from his father because his, because his father played favorites. It was always like Esau, you're the best, and Jacob probably, why can't you be more like Esau? And, and so it was just not a great, a great thing. The blessing was so important to them. And they, it's interesting that they think that they can steal it. You, you can't, you have to get a blessing from somebody else, don't you? And you, and you, can't, you can't steal it. It's just, and by the way, what good would a blessing be that you could steal? That's not, that's not it. And, and you, so you, you can't steal it. We'll see that you can't take it back. Now, th- so this is a very important thing to them. The blessing was super important to them. It's not like us. You know, we're just like, oh, you're such a blessing. You're such a blessing. Like, that's, it's not like that at all. It's a very, very serious, serious thing. You know, it's not like, um, you know, somebody sneezes and you're like, oh, God bless you. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.